Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg, kicking off another week of Golden Eagle Sports Talk right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. They cook delicious food seven days a week. You can enjoy it in their dining room. You can enjoy it through the drive-thru. You can take it home however you like it. And however you choose it, just be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Kelly Santer on the show later in the hour. But first, it's Monday. And, of course, that means we always talk to uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry. And and what we saw this weekend, uh, ladies and gentlemen, was like a heavyweight fight that started Saturday morning and Ended uh, late yesterday afternoon as uh, two of what I think the two best teams in Conference USA just exchanged blow after blow after blow and um, come out with a two-to-two stalemate. Coach Scott Berry joins us now. And, and Coach, before we get in individually to the games, uh, such a courageous effort by your kids all weekend and such a heartbreaking conclusion yesterday uh, evening. I'm just curious what you said to them after the game yesterday and after the series it finally ended. Well, certainly uh, I complimented them for the way that they fought the whole weekend. Uh, you know, we use uh, we use boxing and, and staying in the middle of the ring analogy all the time, and, and glad to hear you open up with that because that's exactly what we talked about. It was a heavyweight bout that that at the end of the day yesterday ended in a, in a draw, two games apiece, and uh, certainly uh, we would have liked to have the knockout punch and, and was. And so close to getting that one picked away from uh, from uh, from being able to win that series and take three games, Bob. But you know the fight our guys had and, and uh, the willingness to not give in and to not let yourself get up on the ropes and, and just get beat. Uh, I was more proud of anything. There was nobody more disappointed out there than than those players of Southern Miss. I can assure you. Uh, but you know sometimes. Baseball is unforgiving, uh, and, 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 it's, and it's a metaphor for life. I mean, baseball is a metaphor for life. But there's a lot of things in parallel that, that happen to us in the everyday world. So, um, you know, just I couldn't be more proud of our guys and to go over there against a very good law tech team. I mean, one of the uh, best offenses, five through six in the lineup that, that I've seen in a long time. I mean, we talked about it before, and certainly uh, – you know, with the games that we played and trying to go through those lineups, uh, you know, I, I'm eligible for to take Social Security early now. Uh, it moved me in that direction, but uh, but what a weekend! It was a great college atmosphere and great college baseball games, all four of them. Well, no question, Coach. And uh, you know, in the end, the RPI actually goes up. It, it goes up to 16 in the country this morning. Uh, Number eight strength of schedule, uh, according to Warren Nolan. Uh, boy, you guys have played uh, just one tough opponent after another after another. You're 23 and 12. Uh, and 
you know, five of the eight games with Louisiana Tech decided by one run, Coach. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Of course, three of the five losses uh, that that we suffered were by one run as well. So, evenly matched uh, programs there. Certainly, the uh, the the, uh, the youth versus the experience. Uh, you know, I think you could see that a little bit, particularly there in those moments uh, of yesterday's game. Even the first game that we were able to hang on and win. 12 to 11. I mean, it was like we didn't have an answer for him. And, uh, you know, Garcia, the guy that hits the walk-off yesterday in game two, is the same guy that put Gabe's back against the wall uh, in the first game yesterday that almost walked it off for him as well. So very, uh, very competitive uh, lineup to try to face. But, you know, hey, ours was too, wasn't it? So, Right. That's what that's what I was that was what I was proud of as well. Our guys showed up and, and played uh, and, and really played well. Without question. Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, that uh, you know that Louisiana Tech lineup. I'm not sure in in the country. You look at their first seven batters batting over 300. Reminded me a lot of our 2017 lineup. Hunter Stanley had an outstanding uh, afternoon against them. And, and, Coach, talk about two of your relievers that did really good. Of course, Ock, but, you know, on on uh, the, the second game, Waldrop came in and really gave us a chance there at the end to get back in the game. Well, you know, both those guys, Ock's a lefty, and he covered three and two-thirds uh, for Hunter there and, and covered him very well, gave up three hits and had six strikeouts and one walk. Uh, you know, and ended up getting the win in that in that first game, and and he's been kind of our guy to go to. I mean, he's highly confident right now. He's a strike thrower with uh, with some deception of 93, 94 miles an hour from the left side, and when he lands that breaking ball, it's even it's even more exciting to watch him out there and tough to to hit. But you know, in game two, uh, you know Walker wasn't the walker that we've seen and everybody has an off day i mean that's kind of the way it is and that was you know walker's one this year in all honesty i mean he didn't get us deep in the game like he normally does and and credit credit louisiana tech and that offense i mean they they did a great job of adjusting to him but you know i think the other reliever that you were alluding to was hurston walter who also covered three and two-thirds of one hit ball Giving up no runs and and uh, and two strikeouts and no walks, you know, a, a power arm from the right side. He's an ox from the right side, and and uh, there's there's certainly a lot of excitement with this young young freshman and and what he's going to become and and what he is right now. He's he's another guy that's very confident in his abilities out there, and you know, early on, I think this is something that's been evolving over time. You know, in the fall, he had really good. Good arm strength, and uh, but the consistency of of being able to control the strike zone wasn't there. But he's worked really hard, and and uh, has really kind of gotten a chip on his shoulder about, hey, I want to show you I can do it, and certainly he did. It was kind of a tale of two series, coach. The pitchers that didn't get us in the home series, we we. Uh... We we they they got to us uh, both of the righties and and both of the lefties. Right. I know we didn't beat Fincher up, but we beat him in the game, and we really tagged Gibson. I mean, it was like the starters that that we couldn't hit at home, we hit on the road, and the starters we couldn't hit on the road, we we hit at home. It was really kind of a unique uh, same same four pitchers. It was a unique offensive weekend. 
Yeah, you know, I think you're spot on with that, Luke. Exactly. I mean, and and, and you know, usually lefties aren't in in our favor just because we're dominant left-handed hitting lineup. And uh, but I thought our guys, you know, they their approach was was very very good. And uh, you know, I think the uh, the one guy that that kind of got us there was the Jennings, you know, guy there that beat us five to three and struck us out more than than anybody else. He punched us out 11 times and only walked us once and, and really threw well. And, and he was a guy that we got the first time around at our place. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, you, you're right. I mean, it's, it was two different series with two different, two different, uh, uh, atmospheres and, and, and work of, uh, work of body and them. Yeah. Coach, what what was it? Is this the first time, and maybe a long time, that you've had to prep a team to play two double headers two days in a row? What was there? Was there any type of, you know, change, or we're just going to take it one game at a time? It was a, a kind of a unique weekend because of that. Yeah, I think you know, even with the uh, the one nine on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday, you know, my my approach is just to take it one at a time and. And certainly that didn't change with the two nine innings on Saturday and two sevens yesterday. I mean, we just we got to concentrate, focus, and commit to winning that game that we're involved in before we get ready for the next one. And uh, you know, when that one's finished, then we've exhausted all options, or, or we've been able to defeat the opponent, then we move to the next one. So it made for two very very long days. And uh, but you know, I, once again, I. Have to uh, have to credit both both programs and both teams and the way that they they all went out and competed because you know fans don't understand what that kind of grind is. I mean, it is a true grind, especially when you're exchanging blows like we both did, with so much on the line. I mean, you start factoring all that stuff in, uh, you know, it gets the mental side of it really exhaust you. And uh, you know, right now, I mean, I know I'm exhausted. From the weekend, and so, but credit those credit those players from both programs of going out there and and really really competing like they did. No question about it. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry, the Golden Eagles number sixteen in the Warren Nolan RPI this morning, number eight strength of schedule, four conference USA teams in the top thirty of RPI. Tech number nine, Charlotte eighteen, Old Dominion number thirty been a good year for conference usa baseball and there's 17 more games to go for the golden eagles we're going to talk more to coach scott barry about that what happened this weekend and what lies ahead stay with us more golden eagle baseball talk coming up To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry on a Monday. We're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. they got great baseball apparel down there right now. It's the time to go buy it. There's plenty of baseball left. They're located on Hardy Street across from the campus. You can shop online at campus 
bookmart.net. Talking to a head baseball coach, Scott Berry. Uh, understandably a little tired after getting home at about 1230 this morning after four brutal baseball games. And, uh, you know, Coach, you don't make excuses and we don't make excuses. And this is not an excuse. This is just an observation. But having watched all eight of these games, and I watched, obviously, the last four from television, from the perspective of television, so you see things a little differently. It is notice. It, it was noticeable how bigger and more, or, or how bigger and older and more mature, for lack of a better term, many of those tech players look compared to our kids. And another thing that really struck me is how many of your kids that are doing so well and making such a contribution are freshmen. Have we ever had this many freshmen contributing to this level, Coach? Uh, probably back in '02 uh, when we had Hoffpower and Shepard and Bo Griffin. Uh, that was kind of the year that we made the decision to really go young and develop and just take our lumps with with uh, being so young. And those guys contributed really early for us. And of course, they evolved into and the next year we won the the, uh, the regular season conference USA title and. And also won the uh, conference tournament at Tulane against Tulane, who who always seemed to have our number. So, and then we hosted a regional then in '03, the first time we'd ever hosted a regional. So, mm-hmm. that would probably be the uh, the last time that I remember that we would have that many. But clearly, when you look at the future, at the number of freshmen and sophomores that are on the field, and as well as this team is playing, you got to be pretty optimistic about the next few years. Well. I am, and we are as a staff. Uh, you know, I think we we can see the uh, the development taking place with these guys, and 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 also with that development, we're seeing our older guys really lead by example and and kind of show how they make adjustments. And these guys are learning off from them. It's not just what we're coaching, but it's what they're seeing other players do and and how they have been able to take experience and turn it into their favor of being able to adjust as the game goes along. Now, earlier in the year, we were kind of struggling with that, but you see now that, you know, I feel like we're a much different team now than we were earlier. We've grown, we've grown up a lot. And that's one thing that I told them yesterday after the game, we've grown up a lot and we still have to grow. You know, we always do. Yeah, no question about that. How are, how are these four-game weekends, are they taking a toll on the players, Coach, or are the kids young enough and resilient enough to just shake it off? Do you see any difference? Well, you know, of course, we're off today, um, and then we'll be back at it tomorrow practicing light as we get ready for Western Kentucky this, this weekend. But, you know, we don't play any midweeks normally. I think we have one more, which is southeast Louisiana in May, but, you know, with the four games on the weekend, I think it's it gets really, really heavy on them to try to play um, in, in in the middle of the week, particularly, you know, there on a Tuesday or, or you know, neither, neither day is a good day to try to do it. Right. Um, because it either, you're either on, on a short end, having just come off a weekend, or you're fixing to be on the heavy end going into a weekend. So, uh, you know, the rest that we have between series is probably good with no midweeks just because yeah it, it does it, it takes a toll on you and sometimes I don't know if it's the 
if it's the physical toll or if it's the mental toll that 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 weighs the most on you. Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots of baseball left, Coach, and uh, we've still got four more conference series, Western Kentucky, Rice, Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic. Let's talk just a moment. Uh, I know you probably hadn't even had time to think about it, but now you gotta you got to put this on the shelf. you got to get this all this emotion and, and uh, physical, uh, you know, uh, tough games that you've played behind you and get ready for Western Kentucky, which uh, had a pretty decent uh, weekend, I think. Went 2-2 two and two against Middle Tennessee, and uh, you can't take them for granted, can you, Coach? No. no. I mean, there's nobody you can take for granted, in all honesty. I mean, whoever the opponent is, you you have to get ready to play the game, not the opponent. And uh, it's just the opponent's part of the game. And Western Kentucky will be no different. You know, they're coming in at 18-8. and eight. I don't think they have any midweeks. Um, this before they play us, so they'll come in eighteen and eight and an eight and eight record uh, on the on the eastern side. So, but you're right; they're coming off a split with Middle Tennessee this this past weekend, and, and prior to that, um, you know they did beat Charlotte one time. Charlotte has two losses. One of them is to uh, to to Western Kentucky, who is the one of the teams that we play from the east. The other loss to Charlotte is to UTSA, which is on our side, which I, I find is you know pretty pretty strong for our schedule mm-hmm. as well. So, and then of course when you look at Old Dominion, Old Dominion's got three losses, and one of those losses is Rice, who is on our side. So, mm-hmm. I feel like our side is 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 pretty is pretty good uh, comparing the both. But Western Kentucky, I haven't looked at them a whole lot at all, in all honesty. Of course, we just got in last night, so we'll gap and be getting us stats on them real quick, and we'll start trying to break them down and get ready for them. There you go. All right, Luke, get back in here. Coach, uh, I just want to go back to a, a few moments yesterday just because uh, I know some listeners uh, would, would like to, to hear us talk about it. Slade Wilkes, uh, you make that decision to send him up there, pinch it, and it, it paid off. And really two moments in that inning. It was Slade, and then the shortstop does a, a Superman jump, and Reese Ewing gets robbed of what would have been a single, you know, who knows how many runs would have scored, and uh, maybe uh, at least one, maybe two there. Just that, that top of the six yesterday, talk, talk first about Slade's first home run of his career and kind of the decision into that, and then, man, we could have busted it wide open with Ewing. Yeah, of course, you know, we had a chance to, uh, Slade has in that part for sure, and he's got power really in any part, uh, if, if he, if that barrel can find it, that he can, he can leave it. And certainly that's what we were, we were banking on in an RBI situation, uh, with, uh, with uh, Johnson's spot coming up to, to pinch hit, uh, Slade to, to do just what he did. And sometimes it works out <laughs> yesterday. So, uh, very proud of him. I mean, he he works very very hard um, each and every practice on on giving himself the opportunity and, and preparing himself for the opportunity. So yesterday, I hope was uh, was some uh, an at bat that will really jumpstart him and give him a lot of confidence moving forward. You alluded to Ewing, uh, man. I tell you, uh, that kid made a great play. Ray did. By robbing him, and and uh, you know if that ball gets down like it is, I think that ball's probably uh, he hit that ball so hard. I really believe that it goes to the wall in left center, even if the guy 
even at that angle, you know, it's hard to say. You know, people say, wait a minute, the shortstop caught it. Well, it was like a two iron going the other way. And I really felt like that that had wall written all over it, and we could have scored multiple runs there. And certainly that would have been a nice cushion going into the last inning to, to have more than just a one-run lead. But, you know, once again, a part, a variable of that, of that weekend and, and that particular game of great baseball being played. And, and that was a great at-bat. That was a great catch by the, the shortstop. So another example of just really good college baseball played. Danny Lynch answered uh, being put in the three-hole. Um, just talk about his weekend, and then if you could, any update on Charlie Fisher? Well, you know, I was real skeptical of putting Danny, moving him out of that six-hole, because I felt like that that was a spot that he'd become really comfortable comfortable in and, and confident in. But when you lose your three-hole hitter who's been there all year and, and gives you that presence, in that spot, it's, it, you know, without moving a whole bunch of other people around and, and mixing it up, I felt like that Danny had, had been uh, giving me uh, the appearance that he was very confident in, in his approach at bats. He's not swinging at pitches off the plate. He's giving, you know, his outs have been hard. He's taking his walks. So I felt like certainly he was the one guy that needed to move in that spot and, and then – whoever I put, and Wayne was a couple of those guys that, that I put in there. I think Fisher Norris one day, and and then um, Wayne was two games. Fisher Norris was one, and I can't remember. Slade was the other one, I believe. Uh, but, you know, Danny, Danny's logged in enough at-bats that I had the confidence to put him in that three spot. Update on Charlie. I think there's no doubt that he'll be back this weekend. I think tomorrow, hopefully those stitches will be dissolved and he'll feel comfortable uh, swinging it. He wasn't even on the 30-man this weekend. I, I had two different rosters made out, one with him on it, one with not. And, uh, you know, before the game on Saturday, the first game, I just asked him, and I said, you need to be honest with me. He said, Coach, I don't think I could help us. I said, that's fine. That's what I need to know. So, but we look forward to his return this weekend and get him in that three-hole. All right, Coach, as always, we appreciate your time. Round two with Louisiana Tech in the books. Round three yet to come, I suspect, in the conference tournament, Coach. Yes, sir. Appreciate you all on this Monday. All right. Coach Scott Berry, everybody. A little weary, but always up for questions and always wanting to speak to the Golden Eagle Nation. Appreciate Scott Berry a lot. Scott Berry a lot. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. If you missed that interview with Scott Berry recapping the Louisiana Tech series, you can always go back and listen on demand. Supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, supertalk.fm. Just look up the Eagle Hour, and, of course, we are on the App Store, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Happy to have you along on the Eagle Hour on this Beautiful Monday, windy outside, beautiful day. Makes me think we're in actually February or something, but glad to have you along, Luke Johnson, in the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel, Bob Getty at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Fourth Street Bar and Grill brings you the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. 
Trivia coming up this coming Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Always something going on at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Conference USA recap this weekend. It was a split weekend. FIU and Marshall split. Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky split. FAU and UAB split. Of course, the Eagles split with uh, Louisiana Tech. Charlotte wins 3-4 of four over UTSA. And Old Dominion wins 3-4 of four at Rice. Here to talk to us about Louisiana Tech uh, to wrap up that discussion and then some more stuff, Kelly Sander joins us. Uh, Kelly, looking at the RPI, um, you know, the Eagles, even if they were going to lose uh, three games this weekend, they were uh, they they would have gone up. The only way they kind of would have stayed the same or gone down with, with, if they got swept. So, Eagles today, Warren Nolan and D one Baseball both have them at number sixteen. D one Baseball has their strength to schedule at nine. Uh, Warren Nolan has the, the Eagles' strength to schedule at eight. So the Eagles move up four spots. Um, and what's interesting is they're, they're second behind Tech in Conference USA teams. Charlotte's at 18, Old Dominion's at, at 30. Uh, but, man, just one out, one base hit away from, from really pulling that one out this weekend. But you called it, you and Bob called it on Friday, a split. You still got to feel it's a win coming out of Ruston. For sure. Um, and, you know, I, I feel much better now. And, again, the Eagles were probably a shoe-in to get to postseason, but when you've been around as long as I have and seen the poor Eagles and other sports, you know, get the shaft when it comes to, you know, selections, what they did at Tech this weekend, you know, now now I'm good. I'm really comfortable and feel great that not only will the Eagles get in, but they could be uh, a number, you know, two seed if they don't if they don't host. You know, now that, that might be still a little bit of a long shot, but um, because if they are going to give – Conference USA a hosting site, it would most likely be Louisiana Tech, not only because of the Bulldogs play this year, but because of some of the hardships that they've dealt with the past couple of years, not only with COVID, but with the tornado hitting there. So it would certainly make sense um, that La Tech got the host, but I'm feeling much better now. And I'll tell you, old Ock is something, isn't he out of the bullpen? Uh, I mean, he's, 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 he's a dude. Um, and, so, and, and remember, when the Eagles lost some, you know, games earlier in the year, we're talking about how young, you know, this team is, and as good as they are now, if if you know all things being equal and and health concerns and all those sorts of things hold up, this team is set up for the next two or three years really, really well. Maybe in the best, maybe in the best shape that it's been in Scott Barry's tenure. Not only just this year, but years going forward. Great observation, so, Kelly, and I asked him about that in the first part of the show uh watching it on tv where, where you're hearing the announcer you know tell you about every kid that comes in the game it was stunning how many times pitchers came into the games over the four game set that they were freshmen it was stunning i mean other than the two that started friday and saturday i, I don't think there was much older than a sophomore that pitched all weekend and the fact that these guys are going to get extra years because of covid now I said all things being equal, Bob, but, but we've we've mentioned on this program before uh, concerning other sports about how active the transfer portal is, and lots of times you just have no way of understanding how what these guys are thinking. But the way that it seems that the future of college sports are going, the players can just kind of come and go as they please. You know, that's going to have an impact on everybody, not just the Eagles, but everybody. But I'm saying I hope that that the nucleus of this team or, or much of it can stay together because I think the future it's is bright. really bright. 
Kelly, I also said this to him. I'll get your thoughts about this. We, we just saw round two of, a, of just a heavyweight confrontation between Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss. I predict there's going to be a round three, and I think that's going to be in the conference tournament. And I frankly think if that if that transpires, the pressure will be on Louisiana Tech more than Southern Miss. Now, why do you, I'm interested in why you, why you think that, Bob? Well, because because they won the first series, they fought the Golden Eagles off the second time to salvage a uh, you know to salvage a, a, a tie, and left that series with the momentum. And they're the ones that have had the great season. They're the ones that are going to be on their home field. And uh, if they have to play a team that has been that competitive with them all year, it just seems to me that you know they're gonna they're gonna feel the pressure. And uh, I just think it's almost inevitable it's going to happen again. I think that makes sense. Okay, I, I like that argument. I would say on the other side of the I actually do agree with you that the Eagles are playing the best baseball. Uh, I know they've had longer you know, winning streaks early on, but I mean considering the competition. I think overall they're playing the best baseball they've played all year long. And when you look at the rest of the schedule, <clears throat> I know there's strength of schedule and all that sort of thing, but if, if they had a you know, future schedule, things look really bright for the Eagles because the, the teams that they've got left are not great teams. No. Okay? No. So, um, and, and you hope that they won't let their guard down. Um, and I, I just don't think they will. I think they're, they're really clicking on pretty much all cylinders, and I mean, if people say, well, if it was on all cylinders, they would have beaten La Tech all four of those games, but well, how many of these games this year between La Tech and Southern Miss have been won by one run either way? Five of the eight. Five, Five okay, of yeah, the eight. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that tells you how evenly, uh, you know, how their talent level is, is equal at this point, point. and remember, La Tech is a senior right. team. Oh, yeah, right, no question. Yeah. Yeah, and the Southern Miss team is a lot of freshmen and sophomores, as Bob just noted. So, right. um, here's one question well, I me, have. Let me ask you something. Go ahead. And this this goes back to this weekend. I, I listened to John and Jack all weekend. We have got to get a center field camera view for the conference tournament. That should be mandatory before they they have the conference USA baseball tournament at at Ruston again. That, I, I know you watched it. I mean, it, it was just behind home plate the whole time, kind of over, right? Correct. They had they had a couple of different shots from maybe from each of the dugout, but they, they must get much better too because <clears throat> there was one game yesterday where they they didn't come. They, they would go to a they would go to a stagnant uh, promotional shot when they would uh, go to innings in between innings because apparently they had not sold it <clears throat> and therefore they had nothing to run. Uh, and they were consistently late getting back. And uh, there was once in the game, uh, the third game, that they missed an entire inning. I mean, they didn't. They didn't. We missed. They missed an entire Southern Miss at bat uh, while they just didn't bring their feed back. Look, I'm grateful to have this because it enables me to watch the team on the road. But it, there needs to be some big improvement. Uh, within Conference USA, I assume all the schools are doing this, and uh, as a result, it's it's not like you know network quality. It's better than not seeing the game. But yes, you made a great point that there was no center field camera. Uh, they do have that when they're playing here, and they use that a lot, and it doesn't add an awful lot to the game. But yeah, this was largely shot from up above the batter's box from the press box, yes. Well, and one thing I want to point out, too, is, is as long as I've done high school sports, 
in, in the times when schools have remodeled their press boxes or in the case of Louisiana Tech, unfortunately, you know, they had the tornado come through and, and, uh, and you know, wipe out their baseball field. Oak Grove High School in uh, the Hattiesburg area, when they built their new football field, nobody asks members of the media what a press box should look like. <laughs> they never do. And, and you know they don't because, n- number one, you're, going, you're walking like at a football stadium. You're walking upstairs about a half a mile, right? <laughs> right. There's no elevator, hardly, because you've you got equipment you've got to carry. Rarely will they have restroom facilities in a high school press box or, or a college press box. Right. And you mm-hmm. walk into the press box, and there's two outlets. Yeah. <laughs> two electricity outlets. When if you talk to a member of the media, they'll tell you you need about 20 outlets. And a bathroom. It's it's amazing at Oak Grove where you brought them up. Big, nice football stadium. Terrible press box. No bathroom. Only one entrance on each end. It's like it's like doing a a a game from a submarine, Kelly. Yeah, and but yet the baseball field has a restroom facility in it, and you're only going up about four steps. So I'm just saying a lot a lot of the a lot of things that deal with the media in college athletics. Still no. aren't addressed like they should be. And how about talking to the media people first, right? Rather than the engineers. Well, now you're, awesome. you were right, Luke. I mean, you could watch the games, and and they did a pretty good job with the cameras that they had. And you really didn't miss much. I mean, obviously, I got to watch all four games, and I enjoyed it. But uh, a center field camera would be nice. Generally speaking, some improvement in Conference USA well, TV, and I don't really know the inner workings of it, or how you'd go about it, but it does need to be done. There was people that were following it online. Like, they skipped, like, half innings. They, they looked did, up yes. in the, the – Yeah, they, it yes. was – So, yeah, you got to do better for the conference tournament. Bob, on flip side of the break, Eagles get a big new transfer. Kelly's going to tell us about that. All right, we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, fourth segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg on Hardy Street. DBATHattiesburg.com's website. Go see our good friends down there. Great training. Great instruction. DBAT and D1 Training. Golden Eagles broke some more school records at the War Eagle Invitational track and field this weekend. Landon Chalden, Trey Johnson, Dylan Evans, and DJ Butler broke the 4 by 400 relay record, and Chalden improved his program record in the 400 meters. Uh, Trey Johnson won the 400-meter dash for the fourth consecutive meet. Uh, on Friday, Patricia Johnson finished third in the women's long jump. So a great job, uh, seven personal best on the on the women's side, and the men had several more. So congratulations to, to a great showing out in the plains. 
for a Golden Eagle track. Beach volleyball wrapping up their regular season uh, this weekend down in Gulf Shores. Uh, they drop matches to Florida State, Tulane, and TCU. And then this coming weekend, they will be uh, in Huntsville, Alabama for the Coastal Collegiate Sports Association. That's the conference beach volleyball plays in. And they will be down there competing uh, for that. Uh, golf is in the Conference USA tournament in Dade City, Florida at the Lake Jovita Golf and Country Club right now. The Eagles, Lady Eagles, uh, sixth overall. Merche Corbachow is tied for eighth overall, shot even today, and they will uh, have three days of golf down in Dade City, Florida. All right, Kelly, uh, big news today. It's been kind of depressing. Uh, we talked about in the four Golden Eagles in, in the transfer portal, Justin Johnson, Angel Smith, and Najee Harris. The biggest one, Tyler Stevenson. But but some good news today with, with the Golden Eagle basketball. Isaiah Moore from St. John's is headed to Southern Miss. And this guy is 6'11", all right, and is, he's a dunk machine. But what's unique about Isaiah Moore's skill set is he's also, get this, at 6'11", a three-point shooter. Okay, so one of the things that Jay Ladner is always talking about is needing to get a physical presence inside. Um, so Isaiah Moore fits that bill. Now, here's the story on, on Isaiah Moore. He played you know, Juco ball at Pearl River right down the road and was part of that team that won, gosh, 42 games in a row or something like that uh, in an undefeated season his last time that he was there. Um, now, Isaiah Moore, of course, committed then to go to St. John's. But, and don't be surprised. I, I really think, and we'll get to talk with Coach Jay Ladner on Thursday when he's scheduled to appear with us on the Eagle Hour. But I'm sure Tay Hardy had something to do with Isaiah Moore uh, coming to Southern Miss. And really, the, the only downside to Tay Moore, if we can just talk candidly, is he's kind of a loose cannon. He's got a, he's got a short fuse. He's, uh, he's eas- easily angered. Uh, and sometimes that temper gets the best of him. But I think Tay Hardy, you know, in, in, in watching that Pearl River team every minute of every game that he played that year, Tay Hardy seems to have a very calming effect on, on Isaiah Moore for some reason. So I think that probably has a lot to do with Isaiah coming to Southern Miss, but he also, like I say, fits that, fills that bill of, uh, of a big, powerful guy underneath. And that's what one of the things the Eagles needed. Of course, they filled the point guard position you know, last week by the signee from, from St. Andrews, who a lot of the, the Southern Miss coaches thought that he was the, the best player in the state. Most people had him ranked as the second best player. But he went over to you know, the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game and was the MVP and I think lit it up for 28 points. So he's got his point guard, and now he's got a presence uh, underneath. How the transfer portal thing shakes out, remember, just because an athlete is in the player portal doesn't mean that they're going to get any takers, Okay. Um, but one thing that everybody also needs to understand, too, with the new relaxing of these rules that the NCAA has put out as far as transfers goes, this, this leaves a lot, of open, a lot of open chances for other schools to stab other schools in the back and, I mean, pretty much actively recruit some of these players. There's going to be a lot of this mess yeah. going on, unfortunately. 6'11", dunk machine, shoots the three. Sounds like Bob Getty. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you know the only thing Bob Getty's dunking is a donut and some coffee. I can do that now. Look, I, I can do that now. You you think Jack uh, Duggan had that clean sweep of that pizza uh, Friday afternoon? Get get me some Dunkin' Donuts and some hot coffee, Kelly Sander, and uh, watch me. Hey, I'll well, be, let me give you another programming note uh, as well. Uh, 
you know, there's there's some rumors floating uh, pertaining to uh, Southern Miss and Memphis playing football. And uh, we're right. going to have a guest on tomorrow. Uh, used to be a sports writer for the Hattiesburg American. Now, I believe, with the Memphis Commercial Appeal. Jason Munns. Correct. And uh, he's yeah. going to be on the show uh, tomorrow Monthly. at one twenty to update us on these rumors that the Golden Eagles are about to sign a long-term home-and-home deal with the Memphis Tigers in football. That would be I, I big hope, news. Yeah. I hope that I hope that happens. I really like how how Jeremy McLean is going out and getting these these regional teams, you know, locked in so that the fan base of Southern Miss doesn't have to just wait for a home game to go see the Eagles play. They could drive to Mobile. They could drive to Memphis. Right. Uh, and and it also would give Southern Miss a presence in the northern part of the state where that school up there wouldn't have a lock on those athletes. That school, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about, Kelly. We, we, we don't. Yeah, we don't yeah. Say the that team word. that got beat twice this weekend by the other team. Right. Oh, go ahead, right. Luke. Right. Only go because we, we were hoping for ties, but they don't allow that in uh, in college baseball, right? All right. Uh, so we'll have Jason Munts on the show tomorrow. Also, Heath Hinton, uh, basketball coach, Thursday, working up to be a great week of the Eagle Hour. Hope you'll join us every day. Until then, Southern Miss to the to top. The top. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.